Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. Cooler temperatures have brought relief to the Willamette Valley and a large swath of western Oregon, which were under heat advisories from the National Weather Service earlier this week. The hot, dry conditions coincided with what may have been the hottest three days globally in modern times. Farmers and ranchers are particularly vulnerable to the effects of climate change as they contend with hotter and drier summers. Lauren Poor joins us with more. She is the Vice President of Government and Legal Affairs for the Oregon Farm Bureau. Welcome. Thank you. Which crops have been most impacted by recent conditions? Well, this time of year in the Willamette Valley, um, specifically um, berries are going to be um, particularly vulnerable to heat spells, Um, especially right now. They're right before their harvest or being harvested as we speak. Hmm. How likely are crop losses if we get more heat waves this summer? Um, It it, it can be likely. we were fortunate that we did have a lot of moisture this fall, so we didn't start um, this the summer with um, as dry of soils as we have seen the last few years. Um, however, uh, when it is hot like this, there is always the risk, specifically with um, berry crops, that the uh, plants could draw some additional moisture from those berries before they're harvested. So our farmers feel additional pressure to get those berries harvested sooner rather than later if they're ready. Um, so they have that that sort of time crunch and a shorter window to harvest them when it's this hot. And that comes along with it, um, some issues related to labor. Uh, because of the, the heat conditions, there are specific uh, rules that they have to abide by related to making sure that their labor um, is safe um, as well from the heat. And so they have to vary when they are harvesting and what hours they're harvesting and and breaks. And so um, that can get infinitely more complicated in making sure those berries get off the vine in time. Additionally, some of our farmers are set up to do U-pick. And as you can imagine, when it's hot, like it's been, uh, we don't see nearly as many families going out to um, experience uh, picking berries off the vine because it's kind of miserable for everyone and no one wants to be out in that heat uh, picking berries. So agritourism, various versions of it could also suffer. I want to go back to what you're mentioning in terms of labor. I think our listeners may remember um, new-ish OSHA rules um, re- based on heat that, that you were mentioning in terms of access to water or shade or, or differences in um, how many hours workers can be out. Overall, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of different situations for a lot of different farmers growing a lot of different things, but how would you say these new rules are working from the farm owner's perspective? Yeah, so um, specifically once those temperatures reach 90 degrees, um, farms are ta- farmers and farms are taking extra measures to protect their labor. And so um, they're working much earlier in the morning uh, when the weather is a little bit cooler and they're stopping work closer to around noon before those temps get really high. Um, and they're having to um, 
equip their farmer their farmers with more water stations and shade and so they really have to be on top of monitoring that heat index at their work site and making sure that those uh, their employees are taking those necessary additional rest and water breaks um, when they are out there working and so um I think that uh, before, of course, uh, our farmers uh, were wanting to be safe with their labor, um, but now they have these work plans uh, for the heat uh, to prevent heat illness. And so they're really making sure that they're staying on top of that and following all those rules so that everybody is safe uh, when it is hot like it's been. We've been focusing on farming so far, but that, obviously that's just one part of agriculture in Oregon. What about ranchers? How does the heat affect them in particular? Well, ranchers have to deal with um, making sure that their livestock is safe, much like humans and our pets, um, animals, their their cattle and their other livestock. They need additional water and shade when it's hot like it's been. Um, they struggle uh, with making sure that that happens um, and have access to that water. And they also see... Um, some issues with um, on the eastern side of the state with wildlife coming down. I'm also looking for some some water and, and reprieve from the heat as well. Are farmers or orchardists or nursery owners, are they still feeling the effects from the historic heat dome that was two years ago? Um, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily feeling from that two years ago. I did have one of my farmers reach out to me and express that one of the things they're feeling this summer that is a little bit unique, um, that they have had some dry conditions in April that are playing a role um, now. But also, um, if you recall, we sort of had this lack of a spring um that it was it was very much cold and wintry and then all of a sudden it was summer and they're seeing that that is playing a role in decrease yields as well so um not something we anticipated seeing but is definitely playing a role in uh, what they're seeing on the ground for our farmers and ranchers here in the valley specifically have you seen the changes in what farmers are interested in growing or when they might plant based on drought and heat in recent years? I think that for our farmers and ranchers, there's a lot of different things that play a role in uh, what they decide to plant. Um, obviously, um, they work in a commodity market. So um, what is going to ideally um, have the best uh, profit margins for them plays a role, but um, also their labor costs, what's going to take the most fertilizer. Um, we've seen in recent years, the cost of fertilizer rising. And so if they can get away with crops that require less fertilizer, they may lean towards that to help increase uh, their profit margins. Um, so it all really varies. Um, we are fortunate in Oregon that uh, we're one of the most agriculturally diverse states in the nation. Um, we produce over 225 different commodities across several different growing regions and specifically in the Willamette Valley. You can probably grow almost all 225 of those commodities here. So there is a lot of options for our farmers um, in the Valley to choose from. Um, as they're trying to figure out each year um, what they want to do as far as crop rotations. Um, but you also know in the Willamette Valley, um, 
our top commodity in the state is nursery stock. And we have a lot of that here. And that doesn't really vary. What can the Farm Bureau do to help farmers or ranchers to, to deal with the changing climate? Uh, so the Farm Bureau's um, number one thing that we do to help them is uh, we're an advocacy organization on behalf of our farmers. So we work at the state and um, at the federal level to help bring these issues to our legislators and try to find ways um, through policy and funding to help make um, their uh, their ability to adapt to our changing climate and um, their water needs easier. So uh, we constantly are advocating um, for more funding for uh, drought programs and for um, more uh, funding towards uh, water infrastructure projects so that we can um, get more water to our farmers, because that is one of the things that across the board, all of our farmers are asking for that they need um, as we see increased drought in the state. So we work towards that. Um, Also um, at the federal level, a lot of our natural disaster programs are not designed for a specialty crop state Uh, like Oregon and some of the natural disasters that we see here related to heat. Um, And so we bring that uh, the attention um, to uh, our federal legislators and also to the American Farm Bureau to point out how some of our USDA programs that um, provide natural disaster assistance don't really meet the needs for our farming community and try to help um, make changes to those programs so that uh, our farmers can access them as well. Just before we go, speaking of the legislature, it was a strange session, to say the least, with a a lot of delays because of the Republican Senate walkout and then a flurry of activity that was hard to keep track of at the very end. What did lawmakers pass that is going to have the the biggest impact on farmers and ranchers when it comes to the issues we've been talking about, heat and drought? Yeah, so I would say the number one bill that would relate to heat and drought would be House Bill 2010, which was the water package. So at the end of the legislative session, there was a lot of water policy bills that needed funding that had been sent down to Ways and Means. And they took the approach this year of of sort of packaging, packaging them all together into one bill. And that ended up being House Bill 2010 and housed in that water package uh, were a few things that we think will be helpful, some funding that we that we had advocated for, um, including the establishment of an agricultural water management technical assistance program through um, the Oregon State University Extension Service Program. So, um, you know, those are the extension offices that we have all around in our different counties. So hopefully that'll help. They'll look at different irrigation techniques that will help our farmers in the event of drought um, and and look at uh, different crop types and drought resistant crops and ways that they can help mitigate some of the effects of drought moving forward through agricultural water management techniques. So we advocated for that. Um, That bill also had um, support for place-based planning funding so that our uh, local communities can do more water planning, which is needed um, so that we can better Uh, plan out our Oregon's water future. Uh, It also had um, funding 
for us to look at um, barriers to the development of water reuse and recycled water programs so that um, we can access some of that water as well. Lauren Poor, thanks very much. No problem. Thank you. Lauren Poor is the Vice President of Government and Legal Affairs for the Oregon Farm Bureau. Monday on the show, a team of four skateboarders is aiming to set a record for the fastest skateboarding relay across the U.S. They started in Williamsburg, Virginia, and are going to finish in Newport on the Oregon coast after more than two weeks of longboarding. We'll hear more about their journey. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on the NPR One app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. Have a great weekend. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, and Michael, Kristen, Andrew, and Anna Kern.